0: Welcome to the podcast of Temple Baptist Theological Seminary of Bruton Parker College. This podcast is focused on encouraging and equipping pastors by way of ministry discussions, personal interviews, and theological explorations where we desire to merge ministry and theology. Welcome today to our sermon series. This is the second part of a multi-part series related to preaching. Today I have Dr. Byron Edens, who is Professor of Preaching and Christian Ministry, a colleague of mine here at Bruton Parker College, specifically within the Seminary Temple Baptist Theological Seminary. So I've provided a number of questions to him to give some thought and preparation And we're going to walk through those questions today in a very succinct fashion. But first, I want to welcome Dr. Edens. Glad to have you with us.
1: Glad to be here, Dr. Gregory. Excited uh, about all that the Lord is doing with us with Temple Baptist Theological Seminary and Bruton Parker College. And uh, it is always a a great opportunity to work together with you in, in anything that we do.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, we had the opportunity back, I guess it's been probably six or eight months ago, to do a previous podcast in, in kind of related to the same subject. And so some of the things we'll talk about today may be a little bit repetitive, but we're going to put a very, very fine point on things today. And what I would like to do is to walk through these questions, and this will give us some points of comparison between yourself and the other individuals who will be a part of this uh, podcast series. The first question that I want to pose is simply what is a sermon? I think it is important to have a definition for this vehicle of preaching, teaching, whatever it might be. So define that for us, please.
1: Believe it or not, in some of the historical references to how a sermon, uh, the the definition of a sermon, uh, the medieval Latin, Middle English, shares a speech from the pulpit. Uh, It is a discourse equivalent to linking up. A message to a congregation. Another definition that kind of goes along with that is an address of a religious instruction or exhortation, often based on a passage from the Bible, delivered during a church service or an uh, a combined time of worship. Uh, that is more of the of the the biblical sermon. Whereas there are there were many eloquent speeches done that people would call sermons that weren't directly in the in the in the medieval world that weren't directly related to. Uh, what we consider to be our modern preaching that we have in our world today.
0: Let me follow up with a quick question. Is a sermon dependent upon the context of being within a church or within a church
1: building? No, not necessarily. That was just we thought when when you look at some of the definitions that are out there, um, even um that kind of goes into our next question as well is uh, you know part of the purpose of a sermon and I'll kind of link that along with this. please do go ahead. Yeah, so Peter Adam defines it as the explanation application of the word in the assembled congregation of Christ. So, uh, if you look at it, if you not you know, some people say, "Well, I'm going to church and I'm going to hear a sermon." Well, you can hear a sermon if wherever God's people are <laughs> doesn't have to be within the confines of a church. God's truth is declared by the preacher, and its meaning is brought home by those who listen. So, therefore, preaching is ultimately divine activity, as J.I. Packer stated, that is the event of God himself bringing to an audience a Bible-based, Christ-related, life-impacting message of instruction and direction through the words of the spokesman. If this is preaching, then just how important is it? Another expositor, shared, William Greenhill, says, where the word of God is not expounded, preached, and applied to several conditions, of the people there, they perish. <laughs> so uh, I believe that it has got to be God's truth declared. It cannot be just I'm gonna get up and have an oratory uh, in our in my belief of what a preaching message is in our world today. So the
0: components that you're discussing relate to first the word, and that's specifically the word of God. Secondly, the speaker, the messenger, the preacher. And then I think the third part would be the hearer, or in some cases, maybe eventually the reader of a sermon. So someone has to be a recipient of that message.
1: Correct. And many times, as you know, in our electronic world today, um, we record messages from churches or we record a message ahead of time in preaching. We might, uh, and it's kind of interesting because uh, you and I many times, Dr. Gregor, are sitting before a computer teaching a lesson or preaching a sermon, and uh, we know that there is going to be delivery on the other end, (laughs) but uh, if you preach and no one listens, then it's not effective.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I very clearly remember during the uh, first part of COVID, uh, this is when I was in another city, and I had the opportunity to preach uh, for the congregation. Of course, the congregation were all online. The persons were all online. So I went up to the church and literally preached to an empty auditorium that would seat probably 1,000, 1,200 people. And the only other persons that were there were a few of the band guys who had showed up to be a part of the worship experience, the uh, camera operators, and then the sound guys in the back. And so I'm preaching to a completely empty auditorium with the exception of about four to five people. But it was yet still a sermon, and I think your your point is very well taken related to that. Let's move to the next part of the question, which really focuses upon the purpose of the sermon. What makes the sermon different compared to, for instance, just let's say a, a conversation about some political issue or something along those lines? What is the purpose of a sermon?
1: Again, you know, it, it uh, the purpose of a sermon is to the is to explain God's word. To give an exposition or to be able to take God's word and, and and apply it, you know, to to the hearers that are there. If we are not preaching the word of God and expounding upon it, what's the purpose in getting up and having an oratory that we call preaching if it doesn't connect to the Bible and the word of God itself? But again, you got to have the substance of the word of God and the understanding of what it is saying to be able to relay it. We're declaring God's truth that came through Jesus Christ unto us.
0: Yes, I think there's a danger for some who are, uh, maybe let's say, who minimize the significance of the Word of God, who diminish its power and its potency, and they see their time in front of a congregation as more of a a little homily of encouragement, or maybe uh, tell a little story or something, but it's not connected in any way to the Word of God. You know, we're not just talking about a a self-help support group, we're talking about a life transformative event where the Word of God is preached, proclaimed, people hear, and then it's integrated into their lives. It's a big difference, I think, between those two.
1: I agree, and, and 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 kind of just summing up in a upsh- nutshell, uh, preaching is declaring God's truth in Jesus to the praise of His name. Amen. You know, you've heard of the so many different pastors have got out of preaching the truth of God's word yep. and tickling the ears of the hearers. Yep. And, uh, I'm not about that. I mean, I, I I I and I love humor in my messages, but it's always got to have a connection. So
0: let's talk about the distinction between a sermon and teaching. What is the difference between preaching a sermon and teaching a biblical lesson?
1: Preaching to me seeks to change people's minds, their hearts, their behaviors, manners, and habits. Uh, to me, preaching urges changes, and it and and by its nature uh, of the preaching activity of itself. In contrast, the result of teaching is to cause to know or to cause. To know how to do something, if I'm going to teach a lesson, uh, it might be to impart knowledge uh, for someone to know how you know how to do something or how this was you know how the, how this came about to being in the definition that preaching is an attachment of earnestness to it, more emotion than I see than than preaching is. I, I hope that makes a good distinction there. To what my belief is, you already know that um, my. I believe there's got to be a passion in preaching a quick little story. I had a, a young man who was, um, going to teach a lesson on John, you know, the, the blind man in John nine who, uh, had been cast out because, uh, his, uh, he was blind and he was you know, and of course the Pharisees came and Sadducees came and, uh, uh you know, and 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 all kept asking him, how did you get your eyes opened? And my friend would get up and just teach along that lesson. But then you got to the place where he says, Here's a marvelous thing. You're supposed to know everything, and yet you guys don't even know the man who changed the eyes of one born blind and they cast him out. I like to to use those those scriptural pieces of stories to connect practical application of this young man who. You know, when you look in the scriptures, and that's something else. Read in reading the eyes of the authors exactly what they were trying to portray, versus trying to go out and just say, "Well, here's the eyes of one born blind was opened." You know, just monotone and and, and not get not not connecting, um, and, you know, in a passionate way with yourself, with the text, and how you're going to display that to the congregation. Uh, it also helps to keep people from falling asleep during a sermon (laughs) (laughs)
0: true would you say that there is for a teaching type experience there is certainly the process of interpretation but for a preaching type experience there's interpretation plus application would you say that that is a bridge that then we go over uh, that sometimes teaching may or may not include
1: that's correct i agree with you 100 on that um, and again, that comes back to the practical application. Uh, you're trying to the reason for speaking a message is to for someone to believe what you said, okay, and yep. to be to, to not only believe what you said but to act upon it. And that is the practical application. I always give an invitation in the the, the churches that I preach in. You know, if I'm going to stand up there, and I'm going to share and have spent the time, you know, going through the text and. Uh, asking the Holy Spirit to guide and lead me, and then at the end, don't give them a challenge to to make a decision. Then, then I then I think I have fallen short on what preaching that particular message would be.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think the the application should lead itself to some uh, action on the part of the hearer. I think we fall short of doing our our work as a pastor preacher if we do not offer some type of invitation to action. And sometimes that's an invitation to surrender for salvation. Sometimes it's an invitation to surrender to a, a new level of obedience. And other times it's a go and do kind of thing. But I agree with you totally. Let me move on to the next part of the conversation that relates to the process of sermon development. And this is obviously something that we could take the whole semester to talk about, which you do in your sermon, uh, your, your homiletics courses. But in about three minutes, and I know that's an impossible task, but in about three minutes, describe for us your process of sermon development.
1: Okay, first of all, um, you know, prayer is involved. Uh, I, I believe I, I have to sit down and pray. Um, I and, and in my sermon development that I look at, um, and the reason I say that is, as I pray through those things and the Lord leads me to a text, then um, as I begin to look at that text, I try to go through um, around, you know, seven steps. I'll just put it this way to be able to do it. First of all, uh, I select a text. OK, and secondly, I study and strategize that particular text. Thirdly, I begin to outline the text that I go through, um, and then outlining that text, I will also uh, look at. Uh, and, and when I say the text, we got to stick to what the Word of God is. When I outline that text and I study it, I'm going to go back into the uh, the original meaning that came from the authors that wrote that particular passage of Scripture. For instance, if um if I was uh, just that passage on John nine, I was talking about. Look at what John was trying to portray when he was talking about the blind man. Look at the history when the disciples said, did this man sin or did his parents sin that he was born blind? And of course there's a, uh, an overarching, you know, a huge doctrinal statement that, that the Lord says neither he did sin nor did his parents sin, but he was born this way so that the word of God could be manifested, (laughs) you know? And so, We have to get into those nuances that are in the scripture and the truths that are in the scripture as we dig and stick into the text in the eyes of the author who actually explained it in that book. Then I begin to uh, solidifying uh, the the outline. Uh, Then I go back through and I add the illustrations that would apply, having both an introduction and a conclusion. Uh, What really bugs me is when pastors get up and they And they have an introduction and they go through the message and they never conclude it. There is a time to conclude the message and to call for a decision to be made. And that needs to be interwoven in your development. Another step is to incorporate your style. Byron's style is not Billy Graham's style, (laughs) nor Mark Gregory's style. (laughs) Realize what God called you to do and your particular style that you feel comfortable with in sharing. say and rehearse your message. realizing that some of the qualities of a good sermon is um, you know a shorter rendition of the sermon needs to be in your outline. Uh, I always keep an outline close to me. So if I happen to get off track and I'm looking at my time period, <laughs> those things are important when you' when you're when you're trying to, to build that message. It is harder to have a solid 15 to 20 minute message, than it is to preach a forty-five minute message. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying, Doc? I do. Yes. <laughs> because if you're trying to be succinct and you're trying to get the to look at what the text says, you know, in a nutshell, and to do it very quickly, you've got to be precise. But something very important we look at today that may not have been years in the past in oratory, um, in oratory uh, delivery. In our world today, we face millennials and. On people who are looking for a story, okay. Uh, if you get up a congregation and you've got two kinds of folks that are going to be out there listening, ones you want you to dig into the message and to get into more of the teaching style, which we were talking about a few minutes ago. Uh, you know that you are uh, that you're trying to um, you're trying to teach them something that they can take home with them, and they want you to dig down deep. They don't care about stories. Then you got the other group which is more of your probably, I would say, um, the majority of our congregations that want you to apply the message in a way that is understanding for them. That's why I use a lot of illustrative material. I try to have at least three illustrations in every sermon. Uh, Introductory one, one to connect in the middle when I'm actually punching the idea and then the, the conclusion of the message. Have areas that you can stop short. This is something that's not in any book that I saw. (laughs) when you're looking in a message, if you've got a five, if you've got a seven point sermon, which is difficult to do, you need to have a stop point around five, five points out there, and you can pick it back up with a second message later and redevelop it. But I've also realized that as a pastor that if I go, you know, if I go over that hour in the total part of a worship service, my people get antsy. So I always try to develop the service and preaching and, and and you know, and a preaching and a message to where my message is around twenty five minutes. And I try to end early because I don't want to infringe upon their time uh, and and also kill what I have just prepared. Let's take a
0: moment and list the different possible types of sermons. Um, you're obviously a professor of preaching, so you've probably got just readily available in your mind the different types, but give me just a list of some of the different types you've heard people explain or discuss or what you've seen in some of your textbooks.
1: Okay. In, what, in one of our textbooks that is really a really, really good textbook that uh, biblical preaching by by Hayden Robinson, um, he really exp- does a great job of explaining those particular definitions. I'm just going to go through those very quickly. A, deducti- a deductive arrangement. The idea appears as a part of the introduction and the body explains it and proves it as you go through there. The inductive arrangement, uh, the introduction presents on the first point of the sermon, then with strong transition, each particular new point links to the previous point until the idea emerges in the conclusion. And by the way, Dr. Gregory, that's my favorite, is an inductive message where you start off and you build and you build and you build with a final point that connects the congregation with a good illustration that goes along with it. There is... um. The outline version uh, shows the speaker, the relationship between the ideas, you know, where you get a glance of of the message and then you you go through that particular part. A story sermon where you're mainly just telling a story. Uh, It could be uh, listed more of a thematic message that comes from the scriptures that you go through. I believe that in hermeneutics and in sitting down and putting together the message that we look at the reasoning behind the message is to make sure we have the right message for the congregation that we're going to connect with for instance as i mentioned the deductive you start off with a big idea and then you explain it all the way through those are the two major divisions that I look at in a topical sermon is where we just choose a topic and we put the scriptures together to go with it. So if I'm going to teach on baptism, then I would go through and prepare a message uh, sharing about the history of baptism, maybe Jesus, specifically Jesus, you know, is baptism. So those, are, to me, are the, the three main ideas, you know, of putting the message together. Expository preaching in itself uh, is a form of preaching you know, where the text is explained. Exegesis is technical and grammatical exposition. It's a careful drawing out of the exact meaning of the passage in its original text. While the term exposition could be used in connecting any verbal information or teaching in any subject, the term is used in the Bible in relation to the preaching part. This practice, by the way, originated from the Jewish tradition of the rabbi giving a deval Torah, explaining the passage from the Torah during the prayer services, exposed to a preaching, differs from topical preaching but the exposition is where you dig down into the text itself you convey that that meaning that was from the original author uh, when i get in, they, they get in the class and we're going through these different areas of preaching i've seen many say i didn't even realize there was a difference <laughs> because they don't look at they don't see how their pastors are putting the messages together and how they 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 put them how they end up going through all of those different areas thematic messages. If you go through a theme, you could also preach like the theme of the, 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 the tabernacle of the Old Testament, a theme of themes of the temple. Those are some of the areas that you could look at. That would, again, be more topical than it would be expository, depending on how you develop it.
0: Some of the terms would include deductive, inductive, exposition versus, for instance, thematic or topical. Um, And if I remember correctly from previous conversations, one of your favorites would be what we would call an expositional inductive type sermon. Yes, sir. Well, let's round third base and head toward home with two last questions. Uh, Just maybe one or two examples of best practices for sermon development.
1: Prepare ahead of time. In other words, uh, don't progress tonight. Don't wait till... You know, till uh, uh, Sunday morning to walk in uh, to pull a passage out, and then you're going to preach on it, and your congregation expecting you to have done the study that you need ahead of time to be, uh, you know, at, to, to be to be ready to preach the message. I like doing a Bible book series to where I can, you know, go through that if I'm doing a, if I'm actually doing something in a in a congregation where I'm the pastor, if I am going to be. Uh, just speaking, you know, uh, for the, for, you know, Bruton Parker college or temple Baptist theological seminary in a message, I'm going to pick out something that is going to challenge the, the, the congregation or the people that I'm going to be preaching to. Number one, I want to know, uh, I, I try to tie in the salvation that is preached from the word of God that we use both in the old Testament and the new Testament. If something is not sharing the gospel in some way uh, to inform them, then uh, you need to make sure that, that the gospel is included in whatever you do. Um, also, um, another one: um, prepare, read, search, uh, use the tools that we have in our world today. I know that you're very fluent in, many, in several different languages, Doctor Gregory, <laughs> out there, and uh, you're 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 a, you're a master at research but there are so many tools out there to where I may be rusty on my Hebrew and Greek or where you're not. Okay. But I can go out there on the internet and I can find what I need to know very quickly. Now in our electronic world to make sure that I am explaining things, be careful about being too intelligent and you're putting together your message and having all these different Hebrew and Greek explanations. And you spend your time talking about, the original text and not applying the original text in your message. <laughs> I've seen pastors do those, those kind of things as far as mistakes to go ahead in their part. Something else I've learned to do is that I give my congregation a one page outline uh, every single Sunday of the message. Uh, it has a, an opening illustration, probably the, the conclusion of the message and the outline of the message. Why? I would rather them look at my outline and follow what I'm saying because I do speak kind of fast. You already know that. <laughs> and uh and so I, I know that is one of my handicaps, but at the same time, I want them to get the the message and be able to go home and be able to go over that message and dig into the scriptures. And that has proven to be something that they enjoy over these last two years that I've been at the church that I, I'm at by vocationally.
0: Amen. Well, you've given us answers to the last two questions which are best practices and what to avoid so you've encapsulated that quite well for us i want to thank you byron for taking a few moments out of your busy schedule to share this on our podcast i know this will be a source of encouragement to a lot of folks who are in the process in the trenches out there every week doing what uh, we've done for years as well and that's preaching faithfully the word of god thank you appreciate it thank you sir Temple Baptist Theological Seminary is a division of Bruton Parker College, which is an institution of the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Temple Baptist Theological Seminary affirms the inerrancy of Scripture and teaches within the framework of the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. For more information concerning Temple Baptist Theological Seminary and Bruton Parker College, go to temple.bpc.edu or bpc.edu.